haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Welcome to episode number 49 of Gaming with the Moms. This episode is being sponsored by Loot Crate, and we'll tell you a little bit more about them later in the show. I'm Nicole Tanner. I am managing editor of Pixelkin.org and the mother of a four-year-old. I Yay. remembered it. I was almost <laughs> going to say three-year-old. Mother of a four-year-old. Um, and I'm joined, as always, by fellow mom and publisher of Pixelkin, Linda Brenneman. Hi. Happy birthday and, to Anna. And, yeah, she had an awesome birthday. It was it was really, really good. Yeah. Um, and then also joined by other fellow mom, mom of a seven-year-old and editor at Geek Mom, Kelly Knox. Hi. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, we love having you on. Um, and then we have, yeah. once again, our lone dad, editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming, Stephen Dutzman, who has three kids. Hey, everybody. Hey. Cool. We're not getting a hail and well met today. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm a little under the weather, so oh, I'm gonna. Okay. I'm just gonna. You know. All right. All right. We can not handle so well that. met. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm not so well met. <laughs> okay, but yeah, like we say, Anna's Anna's birthday party went went really well. I was totally stressed the day before and morning of, but it went awesome. It would have been nice if my husband hadn't had to get on a plane to go to England uh, two hours after her party was over. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. So, um, and then Kelly, you were on vacation. How was your vacation? It was great. Uh, we went to Texas. We sort of had the opposite of uh, Seattle weather or <laughs> somehow we had Seattle weather in Texas. Somehow it worked out that way for our spring break, but happy to be back to here with the sunshine. Yeah. yeah. The same thing happened to me. Um, we went to, uh, Chicago to visit Isaac's family, um, last summer it was like like fourth of july and it was like cold and rainy there and it was beautiful here so i don't know what's going on um but anyhow let's get going talking about some games so big story that happened today microsoft has announced that they will be stopping production on the xbox 360 which kind of means that sort of the current console gen is it's where we are right now not going back you have to move forward right now um and so you know we also heard the rumor uh, about Nintendo stopping production of the Wii U as well. Um, that was never confirmed, but I'm just wondering if we're going to see something from Sony soon being like, we are done making the PS3. So... I guess I'm surprised. That's kind of inevitable considering the fact that they're all but certainly at this point going to be making a second PlayStation 4. Right. So why would they keep making PS3s? Yeah. They haven't said anything, yeah. though. They haven't said anything, though. Yeah, but... Yeah. That's what... Uh, yeah, it's yeah kind but of, that's all I have. It's kind of surprising to me that they're still making some of them at all. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, there's a secondary market and you can buy all kinds of old 360s, but yeah. It was a good letter from Phil Spencer. He said they're still supporting a lot of the games and the Xbox Live and Games with Gold and all that on the 360. So that's not going away. So that's Yeah, good. yeah. Exactly. It's just, it's yeah. really just basically the consoles not being made anymore, right, but right. everything else is the same. You can do all your backwards compatibility stuff on Xbox One. So, um, so yeah, it's great to know that they're really supporting everything still. Yeah. Um, 
And so, as Stephen mentioned about the, it's it's still not completely confirmed, but is looking more and more like there actually will be a new version of the PS4 coming to us soon. Um, there were some more details published by Giant Bomb. Uh, they said that they talked to a bunch of developers that have pretty much confirmed that this thing is happening. Um, they said it's codenamed Neo. It is going to have a better GPU and a higher clock speed and higher bandwidth on the memory. Um, But one thing that's interesting, though, is that Sony, according to the documents that some developer gave um, to Giant Bomb, that Sony is very much making sure that this is not going to make the current PS4 obsolete because developers have to have they have to make everything work on both and they're supporting everything on both. Uh, So, you know, my initial thinking about this coming out was be like, all the people who already bought a PS4 and now you're going to make a better one. Like, Mm. that's not cool. But it sounds like it's not that big of a deal, at least according to uh, what Giant Bomb is saying here. So I don't know. We just bought one. So um, and you typically we wait for the uh, for the highest uh, end technology stuff. But I guess we're going to miss out on this one. I know we're certainly not going to buy another one this year. (laughs) That's Mm. when it comes out. Um, Steven, you don't have a PS4 yet. Are you going to get this one? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... I mean, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings on this one. I'm I'm trying to, I, I, I'm trying to articulate them best. Number one, uh, before we I go really any farther, just to point this out, since you said the name, uh, credit to Game Scoop. But how about this for interesting? PlayStation VR was uh, was codenamed Project Morpheus, and this is uh, and this is the PlayStation Neo. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, you're little, right. Uh, connection there. Yeah. Um, so. Which leads me to believe that this is almost certainly not going to be released as that title. But um, am I going to buy one? I don't know. You know what? It really depends on how far they drop the price on the regular model. Mm. Because I, I, I have to have one. Right. Because of work and et cetera. So, and I am, you know, saving my pennies. Um, so if it's like a difference of $50, which is what it sounds like it is now, yeah. you know, based on some of their reports, then yes, I would likely buy one of these because why wouldn't I for spend the extra $50? Right. Um, but, um, you know, if it, if they drop the, other one down significantly, which they theoretically could do, yeah. then I, I I would be willing to cut not being able to play in quote unquote like ultra mode right. to save, you know, $120, $130. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on the pricing. With all that said, I think this is really stupid. <laughs> okay. I, I think it's really, really stupid. Why would you release a new piece of hardware when you're already murdering your competition? Yeah. There is no possible way where this looks good. Mm. Um, because no one is going to be excited about it because no one's going to be excited about spending $400 on an incremental upgrade. And those people that aren't going to spend $400 on an incremental upgrade are going to just sit there and be upset that somebody else that bought it later, that wasn't one of the first 40 million people to buy it, is going to have something better than them because they waited. Um, so you're either going to have a bunch of people camping on their old consoles mad, or they're going to be pissed that they're spending an extra 400 bucks for what really isn't that big of an upgrade. I I just this is stupid. Just wait. Release the PS5 in two years and call it a day. <laughs> I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here in saying that Nintendo does this all the time with their handhelds. You know, you get the standard 3DS and then you get the new 
3DS sure. and you know so it works for them sure. <laughs> so you know not sure not, but but a handheld's 200 bucks yeah, yeah. But still, you know. And arguably the only time that it made an actual difference from a like a and like the hardware revision mattered was most recently, where Nintendo has only done it once, which is the three DS to the new three DS. Switching from the and arguably the original DS to the DS Lite. But that wasn't necessarily a hardware situation, that was just a comfort situation. Right. The you know, the other ones, you know, like the three DS to the to the three DS XL or the DS to the DS. XL. I mean, the reality is those are still the same system. Um, they're hardware revisions, but we've, we're used to hardware revisions. There's the Xbox 360 Elite. Right. There was the PS3 Slim. There were three PS1s. So we're used to that. Yeah. But but while, yes, Nintendo got away with it once. No, they've done it twice because they went from DS to DSi. I, I would argue that the... I, I, made it, I, I stopped my ramble before I went to that. Okay. DSi... <laughs> Didn't all the DSI did was add like a, a stupid camera and let you download games. It's still like arguably the it's still different. It didn't change the games at all. I mean, I guess <laughs> I'm, I will concede that point because I don't want to fight with you. Um, <laughs> yes, you but, do. But that doesn't but that doesn't make you any less wrong, and that's okay. Oh, Steven. Um, I have a question. The yeah. the new uh, PS4 system. We're pretty sure it's not going to be VR ready, right? No, it's got to be. They, well, it sounded like in the article... But define VR ready. That you wouldn't need the extra box that you need now in order to... Nothing that we have been told... Nothing that we have been told or written. I mean, we haven't been told right, anything right. yet, really. Yeah. I mean, Nicole made the really good point. We haven't been told anything. This is all reports. Nothing in any of those reports indicates that that extra box will be made redundant. But they haven't announced... I mean... In order to make that worthwhile, they would have to announce that this Neo thing is coming packaged with a VR headset and no external yeah. box. Yeah. I just wonder if that's what's going to happen, but maybe not. Mm, it's possible. I, I would be really tempted to buy it at that point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, Microsoft, I mean, at the beginning, Xbox One just came bundled with Connect, but at the end, they, they sort of split it off. So I'm wondering what possibly might happen is if they release this new thing, there might be two options. There'd be the one with the VR and the one without. Mm -hmm. um, that just seems like maybe a, yeah. a common thing to do there. So, other news. GameStop uh, is getting into the game publishing business. I, mean, I knew about this a little bit because they are publishing a game from Insomniac called Song of the Deep. Insomniac is the, is the developer that made Sunset Overdrive and Ratchet and Clank, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, but um, so it's a neat little like 2D kind of... Uh, it's got a really cool art style, the Song of the Deep game, but, but that's not really the point. So GameStop, you know... Traditionally, just a retailer, and I, I've been, um, <laughs> I've been like talking about for years how they need to do something else, or they are going to become obsolete. GameStop is not my favorite retailer in the world because they make most of their money off used games, and I don't need to go into that right now. I'm going to leave that argument for later. But anyhow, so they're getting into the game publishing business. Last year, they also bought Think Geek, which means that they're they're starting to realize that their you know basic uh, brick and mortar retail stuff is just is not going to work anymore. So, yeah. yeah. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that, really. Yeah, I know. They've been denying it, like, left and right for, like, the past few years. So like, silly. I know. Like, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, so... Uh, 
I guess this is cool. Like I said, I don't like GameStop, so <laughs> it makes me less likely to want to look at these games. Although insom- it's, it's Insomniac, so I'm going to have to look at it. There's there's no question there. I'm excited about Ready at Dawn's new game. I mean, come on. Those guys are good. Um, it, it, the Order had its issues. However, I mean, they also made the God of War mobile games, which were super fun. Yeah, they were awesome. For what they were. So, I mean, those guys are good. And uh, Frozen Bite. I mean, have you guys played Trine? I haven't, but I've heard it's awesome. It's good. I mean, I don't know about awesome, but it's at least good. Mm. Um, so it's at least something where if they're making a thing, it's worth looking at the thing. I mean, so I can understand hating GameStop because of a number of reasons. However, eventually, the thing is, if the reason you hate them primarily is because of the used game thing, I know it's eventually it's going that's going to go yeah, away. Yeah, I know it's going so, away. So, I mean, so eventually it's going to be like Game Informer magazine and this. And eventually, let's be real, Game Informer magazine probably isn't going to be a thing either. Right. Yeah. Right? Um, so, I mean, I hope not. I love all those guys. And I, I mean, I read it every month, but print magazines by themselves are in danger. So the so eventually, I mean, you know, we, we don't have to hate on them. It'll be Game Trust instead of GameSpot or GameStop rather. Right. Um, I mean, I think it's I think it's super neat. Um, I love the fact that I can go into my GameStop and reliably buy my my Funko Pop monster monstrosities <laughs> um, because I can't reliably get them anywhere else. Yeah. And you know, so the thing Geek Purchase is great, and this is I mean they, they are there are a whole lot of people that work there that need to come up with something to do. <laughs> right. um, because all it'll take is Microsoft and Sony just saying, nah, bro, you're done. You don't exist anymore. And then they're gone. Right. Yeah. And then they're gone. I, I appreciate the stores right now just for the ability to go in and talk to the sales clerks there because they're mm. usually pretty knowledgeable. And if I'm looking for a gift, um, they're like a curator in a bookstore kind of. They can give me yeah. some advice. You know, if you don't know a whole lot about what you're looking for or what you might want... Yeah, I, I think those guys are great. But I yeah. found them to be kind of hit and miss. I had a really bad yeah. experience at one point. It was buying um, Devil May Cry three for my husband for his birthday because that's what he wanted. And so I went in and I picked up the game or brought it to the counter. And the guy's like, "Why are you buying this? It's a terrible game." Ugh. And I'm like, "My husband wants it for his birthday." And he's like, "No, he doesn't. It's terrible." I was like, "Excuse me. I think I know my husband better than you do." <laughs> so it was just that was a really terrible experience yeah, i was like good. ready to just walk out and buy it somewhere else um that may yeah that yeah <laughs> there may have been some underlying there may have been some underlying issues there oh i'm um, sure there were <laughs> um i struggle because i go in there with kids uh like i'll go in there with my 10 year old and he is for a 10 year old very video game savvy who would have thought and my difficulty is I try to avoid speaking to them because they all assume I know nothing. Oh. <laughs> and mm. this is just spoilers to any GameStop um, employees. If a man or woman comes in and references a press release that they received <laughs> regarding a game, it's a clue. I would yeah. assume that perhaps they understand how Toys to Life games work. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I was asking, I don't even remember what I was talking about. I was just making an, I made an offhand comment about something with the new Skylanders before it had come out last yeah. year. And he proceeded to say, oh man, there's like three different ones. And I was like, guy, I just said, like, I just got the press release for the, <laughs> like, my review copy is in the mail, bro. Like, I, we're good. Exactly. But, and I know, like, it's just because I'm coming in there with kids. Like, I don't, I don't know. Admittedly, 
I come from a position of privilege and I understand that, but yeah, yeesh. So I just don't talk to employees at all anywhere I go just because it frustrates me. But I can understand if you're not sure what to do. Although for, for sake of information, if you're ever looking for a video game gift, I think me and Nicole have you covered. <laughs> right, it's true. And Kelly. <laughs> I, can't, I mean, like you can just ask the three of us and I'm pretty sure we have a diverse enough set of opinions to get you covered. Admittedly, Kelly might just say a Star Wars product. Possibly. And <laughs> what do I get a three-year-old? Nicole will likely, you know, because oh. I know Kelly loves Star Wars because Mitomo told I'll me. I'll never go to GameStop again. I'm all done. I don't know. You go. I'm just saying, you know, you can ask us. We've got yeah. you. Yeah. I'm just trying to offer Thank that you. service. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Just real quickly before we move on topics, as noted at the top of the show, this episode is being sponsored by Loot Crate. Now, if you are in a gamer or anywhere in geek culture, um, you probably already know what Loot Crate is. But just in case you don't, this is a subscription service where you get a box of stuff every month. It's like really cool, geeky, gamery type stuff. It's just you, you don't know what it is until like right before it ships. But most of the stuff is usually pretty cool. Like I, I haven't pulled the trigger on them yet. I feel like I'm on the precipice of actually like signing up for this thing because I have seen some of their their boxes and I'm like oh my god I wish I had gotten that it's so cool and they sell out like really quickly so it's not like something that you can go back and buy after the fact at least not their regular subscription ones they do have special edition ones that you can just hop on their site and buy but their uh, their April subscription thing has actually just ended they're going to be revealing what May is on uh, the 28th next month so and if you go to lootcrate.com slash gaming with the moms and enter coupon code gaming with the moms so you can sign up for your subscription and get a few bucks off of it. And uh, it's not very expensive a subscription to begin with. It's like like 15 bucks a month and that decreases based on, you know, if you go for a month or six months or, or a year. It's real cool. It's real cool. Uh, do you get them, Stephen? I haven't for a while, but I got it for about a year. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know... Money's tight, so obviously the box of random stuff (laughs) was the first to go. Um, But when I was getting it, every month it was this super cool thing. I would open it with the boys and my daughter, and we would like we would split everything up. I signed up on the Transformers month Mm. because. Because really, it was the Transformers. Transformers, I mean, you're guaranteed at least a T-shirt every month, um, which. I mean, the t-shirts are, I, I mean, I got a, like a Marty McFly Transformer t-shirt, That's pretty which cool. is, you know, pretty fun. So I, I'm a huge fan. If you just like, as far as subscription boxes go, if you're a nerd, it's almost a no brainer. <laughs> Kelly, have you ever gotten one? I have. I had just getting one for a few months and um, for me, it was kind of a problem because I would get it and then like my daughter's random friends would be like, can I have that? Can I have that? Oh, I love that. Aww. So I like every month I ended up giving almost all my stuff away. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, no. <laughs> maybe I should stop this for a while, but I've been yeah. eyeing... They've got one that's just fashion stuff, like um, I think the box is the same price, but you get just socks or you get scarves and purses and so I've been keeping an eye on that one That's maybe cool. treat myself soon yeah yeah, yeah. Um, they've actually got a special uh, special edition one coming out very very soon um, for aliens because it's going to be the 30th anniversary of that movie which makes me feel really old um, <laughs> but so so that's going to be available soon if you go to their website and it you know there's a menu that says pick a crate and you go under limited editions you can see the details on the aliens one um, but again if you go to lucrate.com slash gaming with the moms and enter coupon code gaming with the moms you can get a little bit of a discount on your subscription cool. so 
go check it out and now back to some news so we knew that this was coming in june but we got more details on kirby robobot this week and i have to say i don't play very very many kirby games but kirby's got a mech in this which yeah. is pretty freaking cool yeah, yeah. a big so, pink one a big pink mech yeah. <laughs> yeah. it looks very fun yeah yeah kelly i know you're nintendo do you like kirby you know yeah i love nintendo but i had not played a lot of kirby games to be honest oh. uh, but i did play rainbow curse and that one was just so fun and so creative yeah. mm-hmm. I, I would probably give this one a try just because of how much i appreciated the the wii u one yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh, again, like I haven't, pl- I played a Kirby. God, I don't even know when it was. It wasn't even DS. I think it was like Game Boy Advance. I played a Kirby, um, and I thought it was fun, but I haven't really played one since. But like I said, Kirby in a mech is pretty freaking cool. <laughs> so it might be worth checking out. And that mech just doesn't just stay a mech. It can like turn into a car and a plane and like all kinds of cool stuff. So it's kind of like a Kirby Transformer. Sort of. Steven, Steven, you have thoughts and feelings on Kirby? I do. And and, because as soon as you said that the last one you played was like Game Boy Advance, like that era, this is kind of a throwback to those games from like an art style, from a a feel. Um, So whereas recently some of them has been like the arts and crafts Mm -hmm. Kirby, Mm -hmm. like this is going to be going back to Kirby 64, Super Nintendo. So if fans of those previous games should give this a shot. That does mean that it may not necessarily be the same kind of level of creativity, etc., as Rainbow Curse, mm. which is what Kelly was talking about. But w- watch a YouTube video and you'll see if it's what you want. But this is going to be an action platformer, and yet Kirby with a Transformer. This is my seven-year-old's game, like most anticipated game right now. Nice. He is hungry for Kirby so hard. <laughs> like we'll have it day one, more like unless he gets bad grades or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. It's, it's funny. That's, a, you know, it's a good um, reminder of the things that I will be able to enforce when Anna gets a little older in that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I already tried to do it now. It doesn't work so well because I don't think she, um, well, she sort of makes the connection from cause and effect. But most of times she just throws a tantrum and I honestly don't want to put up with it. So I try to avoid it as much as possible, which is probably not the best thing. But I'm hoping soon she will pass out of that really really annoying tantrum face <laughs> so um yeah i'm uh i am so with you oh right you're I'm so with your you. daughter's three right she's a three-nager yeah <laughs> exactly i know that's what anna was too and now yeah. she's now oh, she's a four-nager man. it hasn't changed yet uh, uh, well i mean she's been four for a, like what a week yeah, yeah. yeah. so i mean we gotta give her time <laughs> right, a yeah. little bit but she's almost with uh she's is, almost there does does yeah. yeah she'll get that yeah i mean uh mine will be four in december yeah. um does anna do the shopkins thing she i've been meaning to ask no no she doesn't she um she actually she has a backpack with Shopkins on it because we were looking for a backpack for her for school and she saw it and she thought it looked cool and I didn't even know about it like I don't follow children's toys really I mean I'm starting to now but hadn't known anything about children's toys for like forever and so I looked it up online and I'm like oh wow look at all of this cute little food 
toy things. Um, oh, they're awful. They're awful. <laughs> but they're awful. Um, Kelly, do you have thoughts and feelings on Shopkins? You have an older I do, girl, and right? she does collect them. She started, thanks to YouTube, because of all the oh, unboxing yeah. videos. YouTube yeah, kids. That's yeah. how we found out about it. But so she got into the, the collecting part of it. She doesn't play with them. Drives me crazy because they just sit there on her shelf. And then, but last year, right around Christmas time, they came out with Lego sets. So I was like, well, this is good. I can finally get her to build something. She can play with the Shopkins. And they just sit there on the Legos. <laughs> so, hooray. Yeah. But, um, I mean, th- that is... Go ahead. So, I mean, how how does she, like, how do you guys, I mean, I know this is totally That's off topic because this is not a Shopkins podcast, <laughs> but how do you, so how do you collect, I mean, I know they come in blind bags, yes. so like, how does she go out, go about, like, getting them? Does she have you buying cases or, like, how does she um, do So it? we, this, the entire reason we instituted an allowance was Shopkins because every time we would go to Target, she would see them. And it's like three bucks. So I'm always like, at first, I was like, sure, just throw one in. But then every time we go to Target together, she keeps throwing them in. It starts to add up. Right. Yeah. Up, yeah. <laughs> so, so we instituted her allowance where she started, you know, I said, I'm not going to buy you anything anymore when I'm out by myself. You know, lucky kid getting yeah. stuff anyway. But so she used her allowance for that for a while. And then Christmas came and Santa brought her the super limited special edition that I found at Target and I don't think she oh that was again thanks to YouTube so and it's under her bed she won't even open it or like bring it out because it's super yeah so I'm like great thanks Santa you got her box under her bed she's already sounds like she's already into that hardcore you know collector mode where you don't open the special edition things you just leave them in the box that's what she's doing yeah Yeah. (laughs) seven years old you know what though as much as she's not playing with it she does appreciate it that's the one thing that I I tell talk to parents about all the time you know when they ask me about things like Pokemon cards or magic cards things like that is that having it it, like the act of caring for a thing is as meaningful as say playing with it to some degree because it means that she treasures that right like she's protecting it so I if I could give you that piece of small comfort I know that it's I don't want to you know I mean I'm sure you kind of know I mean she has she'll organize them she will read she'll check them off on the checklist she makes little signs like Shopkin season two and she writes it up very carefully Shopkin season three and then she'll organize them so I mean in a way you know being generous it is playing for her to right. do that. Yeah. So I think it's adorable. It's, it's yeah. Cute. You know, she's going to do something that requires high level organization and planning, and she's you know she's all set. Yeah, yeah. So she she collects them. We've managed to weaponize them in such a way that I buy a twelve pack for ten dollars. And it sits on top of the fridge, like staring at her. <laughs> and as long as she goes all day without throwing a fit oh, and wow. without, you know, messing her pants, you know, all like the, the various things, right. then when I get home from work, I'm the only one that can reach them. <laughs> So I can bring it down and she can pick out a Shopkin. And that has been very successful. So I I, I throw that out there that they are dumb. <laughs> they're not. I mean, they're no more dumb than Micro Machines and Battle Beasts and stuff like from when I was a kid. So, I mean, they're no they're adorable. And some of the names of these things are almost dad joke worthy yes. puns. So I'm 
I'm 100% okay with it. But, um, so, like, there's a tennis ball called Dennis Ball. His name is Dennis Ball. Right. You get it? See it? It was brilliant. I laughed for 10 minutes. But, um, it's a great way to weaponize those things, man, because, you know, 12 of them for $10. And I got, you know, at least only two of them were in a blind bag. So some of them were pretty obvious, but whatever. Yeah. She got a loaf of bread and a dog yep. bowl and a peanut butter cup. And she was freaking ecstatic if she made it all day without peeing herself. It was the best. <laughs> I love the way wow. you call it weaponizing the toy. That is... Uh, well, because it's legitimately weaponizing. <laughs> We're all parents here. We know. Yes. We did it with Skylanders. I appreciate it. We had a sleep chart, and if oh. she slept through the night, she got a sticker, and if she made it 10 nights without waking me up, she got a Skylander. Wow. Wow. Brilliant. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Wow. Kelly, you are brilliant. <laughs> it was so worth it. Best 10 bucks on a Skylander ever. <laughs> nice. Yep. Uh, okay. So. Things to keep in mind, Nicole. You got these tactics. I, I do. You know, we're just, we're feeding them <laughs> to you. You know, I was, I was doing stuff like that, like with Anna, with Anna, the huge thing is candy, man. She's just like total sweet tooth candy nut. And um, so we had, I had been doing that with candy. And for a while, you know, just leaving it, sitting it up on our kitchen island because that was completely inexpensive accessible for a while until she figured out to go into our downstairs bathroom, grab her stool that she uses to stand up in the sink, carry it out to the kitchen, climb up on the stool, and then get the candy off the counter. She did that one time when I was napping on the couch, like seriously, like right there. <laughs> and like, I woke up and the stool is sitting by the kitchen counter. And I'm like, what did wow. you do? <laughs> yeah. That's the problem with all this stuff. It's like an arms race, to use your metaphor, you know? Right. Something works for a while, you kind of have to, you know, change it up, or they change it up for you. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. But it's Yeah, fun. and I, I can't put stuff on top of the refrigerator because I can't reach it up there, so... <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so let's move back to uh, games. This also, you know, has something to do with collectible stuff. So, Hearthstone, Whispers of the Old Gods expansion is coming out next Tuesday. Hooray! Um, but they also announced today that they are making lots of changes to the basic and classic cards. Uh, quite a few. I was kind of surprised when I looked through this list. I mean, um, you know, some of them make sense and some of them I didn't, you know, wouldn't have occurred to me for them to make this change. So the biggest one for me, and I don't play Druid anymore because I have my Golden Druid, so what's the point? Um, but the Druid had this really powerful combo card um, where you could play the one card, it would summon three 2-2 two -two minions um, with charge that would then die at the end of the turn. But if you had this other card that you would play this other card that gave every single character plus two attack for that turn. So you're like guaranteed to do at least 14 damage, you know, if you play that. So um, so yeah, so they changed that. The the one that summons the three things, they still summons three things, they just don't have charge anymore. Um, and they also last permanently like like a regular minion i mean obviously they can get killed so so yeah i'm super excited about the expansion i'm really curious to see how the different ranked play is going to work um but this whole nerfing thing made me think uh so steven since magic was a physical card game do they they could never do anything like that right Nope. This is this is completely unexplored territory in the card game market. Mm -hmm. This is something that when Hearthstone became popular was theorized that they could just patch a card. Yeah. Um, there have been cards that are problematic um, because occasionally you make mistakes or you change design philosophies or especially in eternal formats. Yeah. You know, cards designed 
eight years ago will have an unexpected combination with cards printed now. Right. Um, and so they, uh, in Wizards um, and Magic, it's all about different tournament formats, which is a recent change and addition to um, Hearthstone. So what they will do is they will evaluate the damage that these card combinations are doing to the metagames mm-hmm. in these different formats, and they will, uh, once every three months, I believe, um, the DCI, which is the organization that kind of oversees all of that, will um, decide to ban or, um, in one format, restrict. Right. Um, which means, you know, you can only have one copy of it, but that's that's one, that's vintage, which is anything goes. Right. Um, everything else is just banned, and they don't, they try not to do it. Mm-hmm. And in standard specifically, like the newer stuff, they really go out of their way to not ban cards anymore, mm. largely because they don't have to, mm. um, but also because it, it, people are spending all this money buying new packs. What they don't want is for people to have the opportunity to buy a pack and open a card that they can't use. Yeah. Whereas if you're buying older cards, then you're buying those on the secondary market. So it's, you know, less of a, an issue. Like maybe your investment is a little bit less, but mag- magic also does this thing. And tell me if I'm going way too far into the weeds, they call it the future future league, which is their developers in house are playtesting against, like, right now, a new set just came out last Friday, uh, Shadows Over Innistrad. Um, they are playtesting sets that are coming out in the next two years. Wow. Already. They may not have art. They probably don't have names. They're probably, you know, little pieces of cardboard, you know, put in sleeves, right? right? But they know the mechanics and the basic themes. And so if they all of a sudden go, whoa, 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 these things are absurd and will just cause an issue, right. they can change, rather than changing the cards that were already printed, they can change the cards that will be printed to prevent it. And that um, that design philosophy, that whole process started, um, and it, there was a fixed point in time, I think it was you know six or seven years ago, where they started doing that. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe even a little bit longer. So this could very well be that Blizzard has just figured their stuff out. You know, they yeah. made the game, and you know they, they weren't perfect yeah. at making Hearthstone, just by nature of the fact they weren't doing it much. This could be, you know, reading the changes, yeah. it really looks like they said, you know what? Uh, we made these effects like silence effects. Yeah, they yeah. wanted silence to be more expensive um, because silence legitimately is a super. I mean, that prevents people from casting spells, right? Uh, it just removes the effect that a minion has. So if it has taunt, okay. it takes off taunt. It can remove spell damage. Okay. Yeah. Or if it's um, something like there's a call. Of- card called the knife juggler which will just deal one damage to a random enemy whenever you summon a minion so yeah so silence just gets rid of all of those effects yeah so it basically turns minions into vanilla guys and obviously that's a you know, yeah. that's a powerful effect is, considering yeah. a lot of people depend and build their decks around the abilities of their creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, Humble is a magic card. It is an ability that is very common in various sets, mm-hmm. and that is never a common. You know, it's always, a, you know, in common or a rare ability in general because that could blow somebody out. You know, yeah. if I'm swinging at you with my big monster and you humble it and all of a sudden it has no abilities, that's going to suck. So it makes sense that they've kind of figured some of this out. They probably hired somebody that worked at another CCG company, which makes sense. Yeah. And they, you know, they, they've watched 
I, I probably thousands of hours of Hearthstone online yeah. and mm-hmm. have done the data. So I think this is a great move. Um, super excited to see where Hearthstone moves. I, I, I I'm going to tell you as of uh, Shadows of the Old Gods, I'm going to start playing. Oh, good. I was just going to bring that up this week. I'm like, I haven't done this yet. I got to yell at Steven to make him start playing. <laughs> well, I was waiting. Now that the, my big issue is I was there was no way that I was going to spend a million dollars to buy. I mean, it's not a million, but I was not going to be spending a lot of money to buy older sets now that there's a ton of them. Uh-huh. So I will, you know, but I, I would totally put down like, you know, enough money to, you know, to play a little bit here or there mm. I sure I have a phone for it yeah so um yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna play as a, as soon as that thing comes out absolutely yeah and I mean it's not you can earn decks pretty quickly you only have to have like a yeah. hundred gold which you get you know in game which basically is like you get quests every day like win so many games as this class and whatever and if you, if you can yeah. finish those every day you're gonna get a pack every couple days so um yeah so that's cool too I mean obviously you have to play enough to do that but um yeah so. It's it's more passive than Clash Royale, <laughs> which was a very active game, and th- one of the reasons I deleted that game so hard, like Windmill Slam deleted yeah. it, was that I you know I you know I want a game like that to have, yeah. um, and I think Hearthstone's going to be it, um, especially now that I'm back playing Magic again too. Yeah, so yeah, I, I don't torn actually because I was like I should tell Steven to start playing Hearthstone, but then I'm like, oh man, he played Magic at tournament level. He's probably just going to get better than me, <laughs> <laughs> which is like what Steve Lubitz did, like out of nowhere, like just got so much better than I did. So whatever. Well, I mean, he plays a lot. He does play a lot. You're right. Homie plays a <laughs> lot. No disrespect. I'm gonna see him on Friday yeah. <laughs> at my pan at our panel. No disrespect for the man, bro. He plays a lot of Hearthstone. <laughs> yes, I know he does, and and then I'm sure that that's that's why he's gotten really good. Like for me, it's like a 20 30 minute thing uh, at the end of the day. Uh, maybe a little bit more if I've got more time. But um, but yeah, so so that is happening. I'm super excited about that. Biggest thing that I'm excited to see is how standard works um because you know you're only be able to use certain cards like there's the whole set of um what's it called goblins and gnomes deck like that whole set of cards you're not gonna be able to use at all which is kind of lame because i have a legendary from that set that i really really like to use although lots of people like to oh. use them too but so you'll, you'll be all right yeah i'll be all right well i mean they still have wild mode which you can still use whatever you want in that mode to play so those games the eternal formats get so degenerate though it's gonna be crazy like you're gonna play hearthstone for five more years right and then in five years you're gonna look back and wild mode is gonna be completely completely absurd like yeah. i go to vintage tournaments where you can play everything yeah. and you're you're not even really interacting with the, with your opponent anymore it's do i have a force of will on turn one and if i don't then you you like you shuffle your deck a bunch of times play a bunch of things and like give me the finger and then i lose <laughs> right that, yeah you're right i yeah. mean you're right it, it kind of feels like that now against certain opponents because they just whip out legendary 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 and granted all not all the legendaries are great some of them i think are really stupid actually i don't understand why they're legendary but yeah but i I run into that a little bit already so i can definitely see that happening i think this will also make it a little bit more accessible for the younger folk you know i mean like i could see handing you know handing my account off or you know creating an account for my 10 year old and having him play it just because 
it's not he's not going to have to remember like memorize or be surprised by 300 different card interactions from five different sets he's right. going to be paying attention to the junk that's going on now mm-hmm. and the junk that happened last time yeah and that's it yeah so um so yes that's coming i'm excited i'm sure i will have plenty to say about it on next week's podcast moving into well not moving into staying in uh, steven's territory so there's going to be a dark souls board game yeah there which is is uh are you excited about this, Stephen? Um, yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, okay. So, Dark Soul. I, I was really annoyed by it at first. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's gonna sound kind of silly, but um, I was really super annoyed by it at first, just because I was like, man, this just feels like Dark Souls is a very specific experience, and I don't think that it really fits a um, like a. It doesn't fit a board game, mm-hmm. and part of the reason for that is I really imagine. Dark Souls as like a solitary you versus the mountain kind of experience, mm. right? Um, and there are solo board games. I know that might sound surprising if you've never played board games, but um, there are solo board games, but they're not. I don't know. Like it, it just didn't feel right to me. Now that I've actually read it, watched the video, seen it, I, I can understand it. Um, it's a dungeon in a box mm. role playing game. Um, what that means is there's a whole genre of uh, board games that are you know you are cooperative the players are playing cooperatively to overcome a dun- series of dungeon scenarios almost like Dungeons and Dragons only there is no dungeon master the game is kind of automatic mm. uh, meaning as long as you follow the rules on the cards the monsters have certain attack patterns and behave in certain ways the some f- examples are you know there's the Ghostbusters game by Cryptozoic which just came mm. out it's ultimately not very good but um, the Ghostbusters game uh, there is a game called Myth uh, by Merck Miniatures, which is stellar. Mm. Um, and there's a whole bunch of others. I mean, this is this is getting bigger. Um, this one just feels very Dark Souls, so it's got like a big horror element. Um, obviously, their goal is going to be to make it extremely difficult, mm. which sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I will likely play this game at some point. Yeah. Um, I'm not backing it on Kickstarter, It largely because it doesn't need me. I think maybe if I was the one man on Earth that could make it happen versus make it not, I might think about backing backing it, right. but it raised 250000 in the first couple of hours. Yeah. Where it sits right now, um, where's the link in the to the Kickstarter? Oh, here it is. I w- it's, I'm in the polygon. All right, so it's at over a mil right now. Yeah. So, and they were looking for 70000 No. <laughs> yeah, so, I think they're going to be okay you know. there. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to be fine. Well, but now here's the issue, and this is the thing that happens with Kickstarter, specifically with board games. Video games, it happens too, but I don't think it happens as much. With board games, they... um Board games are really difficult to deal with on scale. Mm. The scope of that project does change by the the more people are buying it. Whereas with video games, that's not necessarily the case unless you're making like an RPG, like an MMO, right? right? Yacht Club made a ton of money for Shovel Knight. The fact that they they probably knew that they, that a million people were going to buy it didn't change the project itself, right? Because right. they didn't have to make that many different copies. They didn't have to box that many different copies. This is a very I don't know if either of you have like looked at the c- contents of it. This is a very miniatures heavy yeah. box. There's a lot of dice. There's a lot of cardboard. This is going to be the the fact that they're making. I mean, how many backers do they have? They're up at nine thousand backers, mm. and this box is. Is hmm. it doesn't say what the what the box is as how big it is, but it's a huge box. This is gonna take up 
a lot of warehouse space. Mm. This is going to take. A, I mean, this is. I mean, these are just the, these are little things that all add up. Right. That depending on how good at the logistics of it they are, um, that this could turn into a giant mess. Mm-hmm. Right. So I hope it turns out great. I know there's a lot of Dark Souls fans that also like board games. This is going to be super cool for them. They're going to be very happy. I just hope it works out because sometimes these things just turn into a colossal mess. And because it has a Dark Souls name on it, it's going to have way more attention. Right, mm-hmm. you're right. Because the video game press is attached to it, too. When the Ghostbusters game came out, like, sure, GameSpot and IGN covered it because it's Ghostbusters and because, you know, like, Justin Davis likes board games. But that's it, you know? I mean, the this is normally these games, when Myth was out and blowing up records, nobody cared. Uh-huh. This is huge. Yeah, yeah. That was a ramble, sorry. No, 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 that's fine. I had lots of thoughts and feelings. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's why I put it in our list of things to talk about. So, moving on to the next thing. So, uh, Lord of the Rings director, Peter Jackson, you know, who's probably rich enough to not do anything else ever in his life, um, but he likes augmented reality. I mean, we've been talking about VR a lot because you know Oculus and Vive are out now. PlayStation VR is coming later this year. Everything's about VR, VR, VR. But he thinks that uh, augmented reality AR is actually more exciting specifically because he likes the fact that it doesn't take you out of your out of the real world and, and put you in a completely different one. It just adds things to the real world, which I kind of agree with. Like I think that that's, yeah. it's, that's a little bit cooler. Um, you know, and obviously the the big thing here is that we've all seen um, Hololens that Microsoft is working on. That is that's an AR thing. Uh, they still they haven't announced at all when that might be coming out. Right now they're shipping developer kits of that that are very very expensive. So we'll just have to see. But yeah, so Peter Jackson sits on on an advisory board for this company called Magic Leap, who are they're doing AR. They're making the technology stuff too. So yeah, it looks it looks pretty cool. I, I love when when people talk about AR because they're talking about like, hey, I can like put a little like, not real life, but like it can look like Cortana, like on my desk, like she does yeah. in Halo. Or or they could make one a board game like like they play in Star Wars. <laughs> like that uh, that C-3PO was, or was it? R2-D2 was playing against Chewbacca. I'm like, that would be so awesome. <laughs> I would totally yeah. love to do that. Your um, imaginary friend can become real exactly. just about anything, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Another thing I think could be cool about this is that maybe you don't need all that really heavy equipment on your head. It almost right. looks like what they're developing might just be more like a lens. And I don't know yeah. why in the video they didn't want to say it was a lens, but it yeah. looked like something that maybe could be more like just glasses and you and you can walk around with it on and um, right. it's uh, maybe maybe a little bit like Google Glasses. Glass, but- yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would totally love to have something that I could just walk around with and not have to wear a big headset. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be better. Anything like that. Um, So, a couple more stories here. So, Games Done Quick has announced its dates and speedrun lineup for this summer. It's going to be in Minneapolis on July 3rd and will run until the 10th. And they've, uh, Stephen wasn't very impressed with their list of games. And I'm not pulling that up real quickly. Stephen, what's some of the the games that they're doing? All right. So, to be specific, it's not that I wasn't, well, all right. So, normally, when I watch Games Done Quick, um, it's 
it's a it's a week to ten day long event. Mm-hmm. It's always a whole lot of fun. So I'm gonna be watching this, yeah. no doubt, because um, I love the speedrun community. It's amazing watching what these guys do. This is this is like Olympic athletes playing video games um, at peak level. It's only, it's like watching Evo, which we'll go into that in July. I'm gonna lose my mind. This is gonna be so good. Um, uh, so. To give some examples, um, in previous years, they've had like an evening where it's all Mega Man. They just play every Mega Man game. Mm. Or another evening where they do all the Super Mario Brothers. So they do Super Mario Brothers 1, Lost Levels, 2, 3, World. And then they do a race. And then they have somebody come on with a like a Taz bot that... You know, like, it does something crazy with Super Mario World where it's all, like, regular inputs. It's just nuts, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I don't really see a lot of that. However, there are some highlights. Um, so, um, the first one that I think is kind of, I would argue, is almost required reading um, is if you are interested in seeing what speedrunning is all about, uh, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time <sighs> is going to be between 9 and 11 o'clock at night. Um, you have to do time spans because sometimes the games get pushed out. Sometimes they go down earlier if they have technical difficulties. So it's in the evening. Um, it's 9 and 11 at night, Eastern Standard Time. Um, and it's going to be run in less than 20 what? minutes. Oh, wow. That um, that's nuts. That. <laughs> the, so these are, it, you, what you can do is go to gamesdonequick.com slash schedule. Search the name of your favorite game. It's probably on there. The issue that you run into is they run 24 hours a day, mostly. I think it's like 19 hours a day. Um, they set up in a hotel room and like a hotel lobby in Minneapolis and they just go. Uh, last year they raised, uh, um, the, the winter games done quick. They call it awesome games done quick. Uh, they raised a million dollars for doctors without borders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is huge. Search your favorite game title up and you'll be able to see it that same day at like one in the afternoon is Super Mario World, um, with all castles. The one thing while you're looking at the, um, the list, you're going to see underneath the name of the, the game, you're going to see something that says like any percent or 100 percent. Mm. If you see an any percent run, that means they 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 just have to finish the, the game and get to the point where it says game over or the end or whatever, um, which means glitches are up for up for grabs. Um, you know, any kind of weird bugs and they're going to do some bonkers stuff to make this work. Yeah. They're going to sequence break to try and skip levels. It's crazy what they do. Um, the, the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, um, they, it's crazy. I, I can't even describe what they do. They're, they, they don't beat a single boss. They just break through the world and pop right into the Mount Doom and it's just nuts. Wow. So I absolutely recommend it to anybody. Um, but if your favorite game is on there, there's probably a speed run from a previous event. Mm. So even if you can't watch it live, you'll be able to watch it or just tune in middle of July. They'll all be up on their website. This stuff is crazy. I love watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking here um, at the Polygon article. It's that um, Fallout 4, the record stands at 59 minutes and 13 seconds. Mm-hmm. Loading times included. Mm-hmm. That is just yep. nuts. That's a huge game. <laughs> So, yeah. Fallout 3, is it like 16? Yeah, I saw 14, 1454 in Fallout 3. That's, I mean, I haven't played Fallout 4, but I played Fallout 3 and I was like, 14 minutes and 54 seconds? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> that's just nuts. Yeah. Well, that Zelda game was the first game I ever learned to play. And it probably took me like a year to, to finish it. Yeah. <laughs> Playing, you know, pretty oh, often. The, so. the, the Ocarina of Time one, this actually is going to be a little bit longer um, because, and I just checked this, it's a glitchless any percent run, which means they're going to be straight up showing you, this is actually going to be crazy, so it's not going to be the 20 minute run I'm used to seeing. It's going to be a three hour and 45 minute run mm. of the most bonkers fast Zelda you've ever seen. You want to see somebody really good play this game. It, I mean, it's yeah, it's four hours of investment, no doubt. But you guys are earlier than us, so this is gonna that's gonna pop on yeah. like right after dinner for you guys. <laughs> Throw it on in the background, do some writing, iron some clothes, do whatever. You're gonna be you're gonna be like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kelly, do you ever watch speedruns? I'm or not. Like, have you ever seen games no, on quick? No, this sounds really interesting though. I didn't play. Fallout 4, so I was thinking when I saw that, well, maybe I can watch it. <laughs> yeah. Get it all condensed. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great point. Like, we have Fallout 4. I haven't even started it yet. See? So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is going to be a good way to really watch it. Yeah, yes, I know. I know. I Not really. I do ex- want to play it eventually. It's just that other games, other things just pop up that I want to play more. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of games, I want to play more. So let's transition into, uh, what we've been playing. Ratchet and Clank. Oh my God. I haven't finished it, but it is still so wonderful. I cannot say enough great things about this game. If you liked the games, the Ratchet and Clank games back in the day, you're going to love it. Even if you haven't played a Ratchet and Clank game, you should play it because you're going to love it. This game is, they're just so fun. Like I was thinking about when I was, I was writing my review that like, you know, this type of gameplay that is in this game is this day and age is kind of antiquated because you've got all this kind of new innovative type stuff going on. And this is just straight up uh, third person shooter platformer. And um, but it, but it just feels really comforting almost to just sit down and be able to play this kind of game. It just makes me feel like, you know, it's t- total nostalgia. And you've got classic types of boss battles where, you know, you're trying to figure out the pattern of what the boss is doing and you end up running in a large circle around the boss many, many times <laughs> in order to figure out what you're supposed to do. And um, But yeah, this, this game is so good. I cannot say enough great things about it. I love it. PS4 exclusive, but anyhow, people. And, and it's not even full. So jealous. Yeah, it's not even full price either. I was surprised when I bought it. It's only 40 bucks. So, um, so you should definitely check it out for sure. Other things that I've been playing. Uh, I actually, <laughs> I finished watching all uh, five seasons of Game of Thrones in preparation for this weekend's pr- season premiere. So I started playing the game again um, because th- this is a telltale game. So obviously it's the type of thing where you can make lots of choices and things will change based on the choices you make. And I played it once um, a while ago. It was like in January and, um, you know, just played through it once and uh, like all my people died and, you know, it's typical Game of Thrones type thing. <laughs> so I'm going to try to get through it twice uh, so I can write an article about it on Pixelkin. I'm just going to do sort of like my basic good. Like I have a hard time playing bad people in games. So I, I'm doing my like basic good and then hopefully I'm going to have enough time to just go through and just be terrible. Um mm even how difficult that is going to be for me. But I'm really curious to see how many more of my people will survive if I'm just terrible. Yeah. You know, because that's what happens in Game of Thrones. The worse of a person you are, the longer you live. Uh, so, so yeah, so I've been playing that too. Uh, and uh, all right, that's me. Kelly, what have you been playing? 
This will be a shocker, but I'm still playing Star Wars Battlefront. It's <laughs> <laughs> always the same answer, but yep, still playing their latest expansion, The Outer Rim, which is where you run around Jabba the Hutt's palace. And then um, last week, I think when I was out, they announced the next expansion will be Bespin, which is Cloud City. So you can be Lando Calrissian, which I'm really excited mm. about. And then they picked one Very of the cool. bounty hunters for the villain side. Nice. Dengar. Dengar. <laughs> Which is yeah. the dude that's all wrapped up in bandages, if uh, you don't know the bounty hunters. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was just about to ask you that. It's funny, like, my Star Wars knowledge has decreased so much. It's just deteriorated. Like, that part of my brain has just shut down. Because I used to know everything about Star Wars, like, before, well, to, before Episode 1 came out, so... To be fair... <laughs> Dengar is the deepest of deep cuts. Yeah, he was a, a bit of an odd choice, I thought. He was like one of the six... Does, I don't think he ever has any spoken He's lines. Not. He's one of the six bounty hunters sent after Han Solo, and he had no lines. He, he is uh, he's a super, super deep cut. Yeah, he's yeah. not even on Cloud um, City. He, he's on the Star Destroyer. So, yeah. 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 yeah, but seriously, I used to know all this stuff. Like, we had a Star Wars Trivial Pursuit game that we got, like, right after Episode 1 came out. So there was some Episode 1 stuff, but it was mostly original trilogy, and one of my husband's friends is, like, super Star Wars nerd, too, and it would always be, like, us battling each other <laughs> to figure out who would win and I mean you know this was classic kind of hard trivial pursuit stuff it was really kind of just you know tiny little details in these questions so but again that part of my brain has either deteriorated or been used to do something else like I don't know learn the names of the octonauts or something like that so um. I, I you're probably okay. I mean, there's a lot of fictional worlds that you are that are kind of thrust upon you. Yes, be, based on your profession. Right. So it was uh, it was really only a matter of time before those neurons were reused. Yeah. That's true. Um, you probably had to Kel- remember the Game of Thrones. Kelly, characters. I was ex- right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean why, but why remember them? They yeah. just die. <laughs> Kelly, I was excited to have you back because, um, being that you're like the Star Wars person that I speak to, because <laughs> most because I don't, I, I just don't generally have any i my children actually watched the original trilogy for the first time this past week mm. we shotgunned episodes four five and six and they were uh yeah right mm-hmm. four five and six yes. yeah and they were very oh, happy okay. they liked them very much yeah and then they watched episode seven and they liked it all the same so it was very exciting to just get it all in there um so i wanted to uh, share that that i finally done my responsibility <laughs> and had my sons watch that is awesome. yes very cool linda how about you uh, I downloaded Stickbold. Is that what that is, Steven? Yes. <laughs> I played Stickbold with my daughter a little bit, and it was pretty weird, man. That is a weird <laughs> game, <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That whole Norwegian, I don't know, there's hippies and honey and Norwegian guys walking around with um, sweatbands on their heads and very strange, <laughs> but... Um, is it Norwegian or Finnish or some other? Swedish. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah. They're, uh, the Swedish flag is over their gym. Yeah. They're, they're very, very wacky people in that game. 
but it was fun. Yeah. The I just assigned good. Yeah. Yeah. I just assigned that game to uh, Meredith Bland to do for her next uh, oh, Techless Mom column. I so know. Funny. She'll have a I lot know. to say about that. I'm sure yeah. she will. I, I've been trying to find really, really out there kind of weird games to toss her away yeah. because she's so hilarious with this talking be, about this stuff. This will be a good one. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, Stephen, how about you? So, um, I'm happy to say I have not uh, relapsed uh, and I have not been playing uh, Clash Royale. <laughs> um, but. I did. Yes, good. Um, because I am. That means I am still married. Um, <laughs> but I did spend a bunch of time in the Battleborn open beta last week. Oh yeah, how was that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I played it a little so, bit at PAX Prime. I. I mean, I wasn't terribly impressed with it. It just seemed kind of standard-ish MOBA stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I mean, you played the multiplayer mode. I actually spent most of my time in the single-player mode. Oh, okay. Because I expected that... Because I really had no interest in the mobile mode, at least for my time. I wanted to play, like, this supposedly robust story mode. One thing that I will say is all the characters feel very different, which is something that I was surprised by. Yeah. You know, they put a lot of effort into making the characters feel and control very differently at the end, but... What doomed the game is two things. One, it looked like a PS3 game. Mm. Like it really looked really shoddy, um, which is disappointing. Yeah, because I was expecting I was expecting more from Gearbox. Mm. Um, but the the other thing is, after all the time messing around with various characters and seeing what they did, and there are about seven characters playable. I just uh, I settled in and enjoyed playing Oscar Mike, mm. who is basically the Master Chief. Yes. So I, pl- I was. Uh- like, okay. I played him during the um, the demo at PAX Prime. Uh, yeah, I, I, I picked him first because I'm like, this guy looks pretty straightforward. Shouldn't be too hard to figure out what he does. Um, but then I also... Not at all. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then I also played um, Phoebe. Was she in the beta? She was kind of strange. She's got like which these one, knives. Which one was she? She's like a Victorian-esque looking uh, lady. With, she has like knives like spinning around her type thing. She was kind of strange. I don't know if she was in the beta or not, but yeah. Oscar Mike um, was easy. She's the she's the one with like that looks like Elizabeth with swords and armor, right? Kinda. Kinda, yeah. She was uh I think she was. Um I didn't play as her. I played as um I spent a lot of I played as Montana. I played as the guy that looks like a really garbage Jedi ninja. <laughs> Uh, there's an archer that's like a sniper. Um, there's like a steampunk robot sniper. The, the characters are certainly neat. I spent a lot of time in the character in the the character management screen mm-hmm. that goes through all the different characters and their skins. And they the characters were all very neat. They had different designs, but um, they all looked kind of garbagey. And I don't know if. I, I don't know. It doesn't look great. And it didn't, it, I, I didn't find any of the characters. They were different. I just didn't find any that really struck me other than the Master Chief. Mm. And if I'm going to play as the Master Chief, I guess I'll just play you Halo. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, actually at PAX, I didn't actually play the MOBA mode. Like you can do the story mode cooperatively and that's what we were playing. Um, in the multiplayer, uh, so I, I don't know. There's so many of these the the MOBA genre going third person. Um, I also played Gigantic at PAX Prime. I liked that a lot more um, than I did Battleborn. Uh, if Gigantic ever 
comes out. That would be cool. <laughs> it was supposed to come out last fall. It's nowhere near that. At least as far as I can tell, I haven't even heard anything about it in the last few months. So yeah, so anything else, Stephen? Or is that it? Nope. That is it. All right, cool. Battleborn. Getting ready for PAX, so I haven't had any time to do anything. Yes, very cool. All right, so I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Real quick, before we get into our little ending spiel, I uh, want to remind you about Loot Crate and the fact that you can get a discount on their subscription if you go to lootcrate.com slash gamingwiththemoms. And enter coupon code gaming with the moms. Linda and I work for Pixelkin. Pixelkin is a gaming website for families. Specifically, we think parents who are gamers are great. So we give you information on hardcore games all the way down to great apps for preschoolers. And our site is pixelkin.org. We are on Facebook, simply Pixelkin. We are on Twitter at Pixelkin underscore org. And Kelly. Kelly is an editor at geekmom.com. And Kelly, what's your Twitter again? Uh, at Kelly underscore Knox. Awesome. And you should also check out Geek Mom. It's an awesome site. I love it. As soon as I became a mother, it became a place that I went to. <laughs> um, and then um, Stephen uh, is, as we mentioned before, editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming. And Stephen, tell us all about where we can find you. Thanks, Nicole. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at EF Gaming. You can also search out my other podcast called Engage, a family gaming podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and soon Google Play. Uh, you can also, and I recommend this to everybody, join our community Facebook group. The best place to go to that is engagedfamilygaming.com slash community. We'd love to have you. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll be back with you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.